0: wonderful, exciting subject of doctrines. Now, you know, I still, I still haven't gotten accustomed to standing up here and saying that with any kind of enthusiasm. I can't because it sounds like the most boring thing in the world you've ever heard in your life. After the Lord started dealing with me to talk about doctrines, I picked up Rick Renner's book, um the world gone crazy, and he made some statements in here, and I'm going to share some of them in just a minute. But I want y'all, I want to ask you guys a question, and it's not a trick question, you can't flunk it. How many of y'all came out of a denominational church? Uh, just go around the room, Baptist, Catholic, Catholic. Catholic. Assemblies of God, <laughs> w- what am I missing, Nazarene, <laughs> Well, Pentecostals, assemblies. Well, uh, you know, I guess there's Pentecostals, not assemblies. Church of God, Pentecostal, holiness. What else? What else am I missing? Methodist? Methodist, yeah. This used to be a Methodist church before I came. I destroyed that. We don't have no method or nothing no more. <laughs> so I want to I start off by, by, start, by talking to you a little bit about what happened in American history, Back in the 1900s, and I'm going to give you a date right here, or before the 1900s, America was pretty well divided into denominations. There wasn't any such a thing as a non-denominational church, not not from the founding fathers up until 1900. And every, every denomination had a core set of beliefs and a um, and and you're either in that denomination or you weren't even a Christian at all. There's no such thing as I'm a Christian, I don't go to church. That that was never even heard of. You're either Presbyterian or you were a Nazarene or you were Baptist or you were something, a Quaker, or you were something. And that meant that that in the church they actually taught doctrine. And they did that, and people knew what their church believed, they knew what they believed, and they actually argued with each other. Uh, about it. And that sometimes that's not dangerous. Something happened in January the 1st, 1900, Topeka, Kansas, a man named Charles Parham invited a bunch of ministers who wanted to forsake all and preach the gospel to the ends of the earth to meet and learn the Bible and be a doer of the word of God. Now that's, that happened in January 1st, 1900. When they got to the second chapter of Acts, they all asked the question, what is the scriptural evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Now, after they asked that question, he turned 75 of them loose and said, I want y'all, the only book they used in this Bible school was the Bible. The only book. They didn't have any other books. They sent them all and they said, please, everyone come back and tell us what, ha- what you find out is the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because up until this point, there's no such thing as Pentecostal church, you know, and, but yet... Even in denominations, people fell out in the power, got drunk in the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues, but they didn't know what it was. It, there was no preaching on it. It would happen in a meeting when people would get uh, excited about Jesus, and then but but they would let it happen. Some of them let it happen, but they just you know we don't know. The Methodist circuit riders out west told people. Don't get in trees when I preach because sometimes people fall out. They just fall down. We don't know why they fall down. They just fall down. So having said that, this phenomenon, God's been doing it all along. But up in in uh, 1900s, Charles Parham got together and they all came back and every one of them discussed Acts chapter 2 and they came to the conclusion, the scriptural evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues that was, so having said that, there was a lady named Agnes Osman who said, well, here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to lay your hands on me like they did in the book of Acts. And I want you to ask God to give me this gift of speaking in tongues. And they did and they prayed, they laid hands on her and prayed for her. And I think it took her like 30 minutes. It took a little while for it to happen, but she started speaking in Chinese. Now, after that, for three days, she couldn't speak English. And she even started writing in Chinese because she felt she was sent to China to be a missionary. So she felt that God gave her the gift of language. From that point, she was able to speak Chinese perfectly without ever having learned it. Wow. All right. Now, that was, a, that was the first person to ever be, quote unquote, filled with a Holy Ghost where someone studied it. Well, there was a guy named Seymour that went to the Bible school. He was a black man, wasn't allowed in the school. So he sat outside in the hall and he went to Azusa Street and started a revival there. And so from there, uh, Pentecostal churches, people began to uh, experience uh, speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And many of y'all remember that people tarried for it. They waited for days and weeks and months. Etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll get into that in just a minute. What happened there? In 1914, the, the assemblies of God was birthed. Right after that, the Church of God, Church of God in Christ, Pentecostal assemblies in the world, full gospel businessmen, and even spirit-filled Catholics in 1967. Now, so so out of that movement what was known as Pentecostal holiness. Now, what, where that term came from was the Methodist church were the original holiness group. Now, what happened was, is that even though uh, Wesley, John Wesley, believed in justification by faith, he still believed that a person should live right. Remember, he, he, he thought that living right would save him. So he was like 50 when he, re, when he got saved because he found out about Jesus. And so he was a uh, Anglican priest who believed in living a moral life. And when we read stories of Susanna, his mother and all those things, those guys were not born again like we know it. They were earning their salvation. I don't know whether they went to hell or not. I'm not going to be God and sit there, but if they, you know, I, I don't know the point where you believe in Jesus, etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that. So I'm not going to try. So having said that, the, the Pentecostal denomination, the assemblies of God, the church of God sprang up. Now this was going on up until the fifties and people like Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne, how many of y'all have never heard of T.L. Osborne? I want to know, anybody in here, come on, don't, don't be, it's not a trick question, you don't have any idea who the man is. Okay, one lady, okay, don't feel bad, don't, another guy, another guy. Teal Osborne is, is a man that uh, got born again in Oklahoma as a 16-year-old, started traveling around America with a guy, and he played a, a, a uh, what is that big thing that has air in it? and um, accordion. an accordion, played an accordion, and Preached the gospel and him and Daisy went off to India to preach the gospel and failed. Failed miserably. Came back, started pastoring a church up in uh, Washington state. Someone gave, someone in Australia, the Lord spoke to him. This is crazy. He was on TBN when he told the stories. Back then Kenyon was not well received among Pentecostals because he preached in him. Now, y'all think that's new, but early Pentecostals rejected it because they did not understand what we call, this is a big word, trichonomy. Man is a spirit, has soul, lives in a body. So, so their holiness wouldn't accept the fact that I'm a new creation. I'm, I'm righteous. So, so this man had a Kenyan book in Australia. God said, get on a boat. I want you to take it to a guy in America. And when he got to California, he got off at every port, And the Lord finally, he got all the way up, it was either Washington or Oregon, the Lord said, this is the port walk, walked down the road, I think all day, T.L. was outside the church working in a garden, and he walked up and handed him the book, T.L. took the covers off so nobody knew what he was reading, and took one book by E.W. Kenyon and flipped the world upside down, completely preached the gospel all over the world. Now, John G. Lake uh, read after Kenyon, a lot of these guys did too. We have a bunch of his books out there in case you're interested. So having said that, the assemblies of God sprang up, but you understand those became... Denominations, And so people like Oral Roberts started preaching and, and the healing movement started and uh, Kenneth Hagan, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan began a part of that healing movement, but yet he never was a tent evangelist. He tells the story about how God said, don't preach. Now listen, as I say this, cause I'm trying to give you all some history. There was a time in America that everybody that got in the pulpit preached. Nobody t- you if you heard teaching at all, it was in Sunday school. You weren't even called if you couldn't spit cotton and do the huzz. <laughs> now I gotta tell y'all a story. I gotta stop this whole thing, and tell you this stupid crazy story. Y'all know who Huey is, don't you? Yeah. All right. Huey brought um, Justin, where are you? What's his name? Tom from Israel yeah. to America, and they were in North Carolina, Morning, Tennessee. Tennessee, and they stopped at a Pentecostal church. Oh boy. Neither, Huey had never heard of the Holy Ghost until he walked in here that day and, and asked me the question, what's the difference between being born again filled with the Holy Ghost, and I took him off Scott got filled with the Holy Ghost. So you understand, he's never been around Pentecost, Huey hadn't, neither has Tom. So they walk into a huh. Yeah. By God, huh? Jesus, ha. Huh. So it, it wasn't to who he gets on and, and he says, I, I have a question. What is this? And he he videoed it. And I texted him back and I said, those are the huhs. And he said, huh? <laughs> Because there are times when you get in the spirit, and if you you get to the place where you almost can't breathe, you're preaching so hard under the anointing. So they thought, well, if the anointing don't come, we'll just make it up. <laughs> and so that's kind of what started the huzz, because everybody thought, Well, you ain't anointed if you don't huh. So 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 we had Pentecostal denominations. Up until, and now we're going to come in. Now, what, we're, what I'm preaching on is what do we, what does this church believe? So I'm, I, I want to go into this because it's, it, I think some people go, go, just go kind of find a church and they like the people. Yeah. They, they make, they say, oh, my friends are here. And I, and I don't even know, do you even know what we believe? Do you even know why you come here? Oh, yeah, I do. I like Rosie. I like Rosie over there. I like, you know, I like, I like Paul. You know, I Paul's my friend. See, and, See, and sometimes that is, there's nothing wrong with that. But yet, I make statements, we are not like everyone else. And why? Because I make a big deal out of it. It's not a little thing. So I want to explain that to you so that when you walk out of here and you go somewhere else and you come back and you go, and no, you know, because I have people leave here and they go to other, they move and they go away and they come back and they go, we, we can't find a church. Well, let me, let me tell you a little secret. There ain't many of us around. You know, we have a young lady here from Edwin Anderson's church up in, is it Live Oak? It's not a lot. Yeah. Edwin. There's Edwin, me, Roddy Schaefer. Earl up in, uh, um, ja- I mean, uh, Saint Augustine. I mean, they're we're they're around, but it's not like every. It's not like a Baptist church, and we don't have. There ain't one of these in every town. Okay, there just didn't. And so you you, uh, you know, and I'm I'm trying to get you to say thank you, Jesus. You have a church. Thank you. But I want you to know what happened in America. So I want you to stop and think about this. The first thing that happened. Is that when I got born again, the the Lord said to me, he said this to me, he didn't say this to you. Don't go to church. Told me not to go to church. He said, don't go to church in your town. um, In Athens, Georgia at the time. Because all of the denominational churches were preaching against the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the 700 Club. And all of the cults, the tongue cult. And, uh, and, and then the Pentecostals were, they just fighting with each other, yeah, you know, and, and I, it's hard for me to explain to you, but sometimes churches are made up of preachers who aren't all that mature and they just get mad at each other. They just fight each other all the time, you know? And so I think there's a reason for that. I don't have time to get into that right now, but the Lord said to me, I don't want you to go to church in your town. So, so there, there was a teaching that tongues was of the devil. Well, how long do you think God's going to put up with that? He's not. To this right now today, one-fourth of all Christians in the U.S. speak in tongues. Did y'all know that? The charismatic movement is the largest group of people next to the Catholics. Catholics actually have more people than the charismatic movement. But we are, but, but... Now, listen, as I say this, we are not a denomination. No. That's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching tonight, because this has created problems. Mm-hmm. You, now, it used to be you didn't have that problem. If you went to a Baptist church, you went to a Baptist church in Eustace, you went to a Baptist church in Tavares, and you went to a Baptist church in Apomka, you pretty much got Baptist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you walk in a charismatic church... You have, you know, it might be vanilla, Rocky Road, or chocolate. You don't know what you're fixing to get, or even a smoothie. And, and so because of this, I believe that the Lord has me preaching on doctrines because we are a part of something that's starting, uh, listen to the word I'm going to use, it's starting to become polluted with a lot of teaching that's not God. But we, But we don't have a hierarchy. Now, I do. You know, I I submitted to Kenneth Hagin Ministries and underneath Rhema, and they keep track of me. You know, what I do, what I don't do, how I spend the money, whole nine yards. So I wanted y'all to know that. I'm not out here by myself, but there's a lot of churches that are. They just start on the street corner and start a church, and you don't have any idea what that guy believes. And he could say, I'm non-denominational. That don't mean that's cra- that could be craziness. And then people come in here and they almost don't want to go to church at all because they're trying to find a non-denominational church that preaches truth and, and they have a hard time doing it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, what's happening is it started creating a big mess and we're in the middle of this mess, except for, the, except for y'all. Because I think y'all have a great church. And I think y'all have a pretty good pastor. That's, that's, just, that's an opinion of mine, but, you know, I've never been wrong. All right. <laughs> There's 2.5 billion Catholics, Christians worldwide, 700 million are charismatic. So, Kenneth E. Hagin, uh, back in the 50s, the Lord came off the dead, bed of sickness, and he got healed by the power of God using his faith. Now, because of that, the Lord said to him, I want you to go teach my people faith. Now, the body of Christ had gotten so far off doctrinally that Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Haginite in the middle of oh, Brother Hagin. I'm not that way and you don't need to be. We don't enamor men. But Jesus apparently saw something so he would appear to him nine times. I, he appeared to T.L. once and didn't say a word. He's never appeared to Kobe. He's never appeared to Andrew Walmart, He ain't never appeared to anybody. So something happened in the body that caused Jesus to need to talk to a prophet and get the body back. Okay, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's, and so Brother Hagin, through talking to Jesus... Eyeball to eyeball, learned about demons, the authority of the believer, righteousness, and a lot of other stuff. Because even Brother Hagin was a Baptist, and he he was assemblies of God, and and a lot of the stuff as he began uh, preaching. When Jesus would appear to him was all new. And, and Brother Hagin would even say to Jesus, you read his book, or I Believe in Visions. He said, I'm not going to receive that unless you show it to me in the Word. And, and he did. And he said, I don't care if you are sitting, talking to me eyeball to eyeball. I don't receive nothing. And he said it never made Jesus mad. But he said when he first learned, for instance, 2 Corinthians five seventeen, that a man is a new creation and that Jesus had already died for everybody and people weren't going to hell th- that blew his mind he said well I've, th- th- that's crazy when he first started preaching prosperity and i'm not talking about covetousness that th- th- he's the one that began it because Jesus said i'm not against people have money i'm against them being covetous uh, uh, I, I, you need to believe for money because you need money to do what i need you to do so he started that message it's been polluted all right, and so, so a lot of the stuff that we believe here in this church came out of that. Now, let me tell you a little bit about me, so you'll know. I grew up in a Baptist church. When I say that, Christmas Easter, except training union. Does anybody know what training union is? Baptist church, you know training union All right, that means you go in, and you learn scriptures, and they sit in a little room, and you go through a book. Well, I learned John 3, 16 in the Baptist church, and then we had... What's vacation Bible school? I went to vacation Bible school about eh, three years when I was a kid Well, you colored stuff and all that. And I learned about Jesus. Now, because of that, I grew up believing in Jesus. I believed in his existence. I, I wasn't born again. And I thought that, you know, I never heard come to Jesus. I mean, I watched Billy Graham, but it didn't click. It didn't, it didn't click. So at the age of 22, I I walked, I was at an earnest angel meeting. My mother drugged me. I did not want to go. I wasn't looking for God. I was looking for penny beer night. I mean, I'm Paul. I was on the road to Damascus. I got knocked off my donkey and came out speaking in tongues. It's crazy. And so when I got saved... Uh, my mother dragged me to the crusade. The man points at me in the building, tells her about what I just prayed, embarrassed the fool out of me. I got up, power of God hit me, shook all the devils out of me, went forward and got saved. Went home that night, rolled a joint, celebrate being saved. <laughs> you understand? I'm crazy. I'm cra- I know I'm crazy. And, um, and But now all of a sudden I can't, I fa- I'm thinking about God all the time. Like God, I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about God. What in the world happened to me? So my mother takes me back to that little church and they laid hands on me and I got filled with Holy Ghost spoken tongues. Woo, that was crazy. All right, so so to me, it's a charismatic church. Now what that means by that is this is a a Church of Christ pastor who just got filled with Holy Ghost. But now you understand, he speaks in tongues, but he's still Church of Christ. He even warned me about Brother Hagin. So did my assembly of God pastor in Athens warn me about Brother Hagin, but I'd already been bit. So, 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 so how all this happened with me was that we were in a church in Tilly Mill Road. It was um, a landmark Christian center, but it was in a school, elementary school. We went in there and took the cafeteria apart, put up chairs. and, and, And then Sunday morning, it was about 50, 75 people. And, and, uh, and people were lifting their hands and speaking in tongues. And I'd been to church of God with my sister and I seen them rolling on the floor and all that. And I thought, oh, that's crazy. I don't know why they're doing that. It's dirty down there. So, but, I but I'm in this church and I'm listening and, and, and I'm, I'm, I am i am do not know anything. I, I, I don't know. I know zero. It's one of the reasons I think God asked me to pastor because we get people come in this church that don't know anything. You have no idea how much compassion I have for baby Christians. People just walking off street go. I just got saved. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, I've been where you are. So, so I, I walked out that Sunday, and, and there was an oak tree outside. And I went out there, and I stood under the tree, and I said, I said God, we got to talk. I have no idea what happened to me. And one day, I'm going to die and stand before you. And you're gonna ask me about my life, and I'm gonna tell you right now. If I get screwed up, it is your fault. <laughs> because I don't know what are these people crazy? Are they right? Are they wrong? Who's right? Who's wrong? What's what is all these denominations? What is what is all? I don't understand any of this. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I went in a crusade, something happened to me, and all I think about is Jesus all the time, and 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 now I'm in a church, people lift their hands. And I know, I don't know squat. And so I went, I turned around and walked back in the church. A woman by the name of Virginia Galloway, her husband owned Galloway Hardware Store, walks up to me and says, the Lord told me to take you home for lunch. Now you understand, I'm, I'm working at CertainTeed, fiberglass plant. God had got me a job. And I'm working three Sundays a month. So I'm going to church one Sunday a month. I have one Sunday off. I want to be in church every time the doors open and I'm not allowed to. So I'm going to the 7-Eleven with with the girls, and we're getting a Coke and a Butterfinger and sitting on the curb waiting for Sunday night. I want to go to church. So that was back when we had Sunday night service, before people backslid. (laughs) So she says, I'm going to take you home for lunch. I'm going, yes, God. And I can remember this day she made me a bologna sandwich on white bread. I don't eat white bread. I'm not racist. I just like dark bread. <laughs> with, with mayonnaise and mustard and lettuce and bologna and a Coca-Cola and potato chips. And I don't eat any of that anymore. Anyway, she took me home and fed me and the girls lunch. And she gave me three books. Righteous, Right and Wrong Thinking by Kenneth Hagan redeemed from the curse of the law and laws of prosperity by a guy named Kenneth Copeland. I I have no idea who these three men are. I have no earthly idea what she just handed me. I went home and I read those books and I got a month to bring them back. How many times do you think I read those books? Over and over and over and over and over and over for, for four weeks. She says, you bring them back, I'll give you three more. For so one year, this woman spoon fed me Kenneth Hagin's books and faith. Now think about that for a minute. That God radically changed my life. All right, now one more thing happened. I'm living, you know, I would moved out of that little house and I moved into a Lago trailer park and a little trailer. Well, the Lord moved me to Cathwood Apartments and across the street from a woman named Judy Brown who happened to have a ministry to women and teaching Kenneth e. Hagin's books. One Bible study in Athens. Wow. And it's across the street from me. Amen. Where the woman's teaching Kenneth Hagin. And she said, you can't come because you're not a woman. And I talked her into it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started going to a women's Bible study. What's where a woman I had to sit in the back. Like Seymour. and wouldn't let me in. Out in the hall. And I was listening to her teach Brother Hagen, and she gave me some cassette tapes. And and to me, Brother Hagen was a hick. I mean, you listen to him on tape. I mean, he's not. Okay, brother, this Brother Hagen, and all things are polished. I mean, if you really listen to him, he's not polished at all. And so, but his tapes. I mean, this man, this man changed my world. I found out I was redeemed. I, I, I started walking with God, I, God took me to heaven, Jesus, I mean, just, but one year of just pure honeymoon with Jesus, just all kinds of stuff happening to me, so I've told you, many of you know the story, ended up, Judy Brown calls me one day, says, you're supposed to go to Rhema, and I said, no, I ain't going to Rhema, I ain't going to no Bible school, the whole world's going to hell, and she says, no, you're going to go to Bible school, you're supposed to go to Rhema, and, and I'm arguing with her on the phone, and finally I said, well, uh, you know, i Okay, okay, I guess I'm going to Raymond. Now, the minute I said those words, Holy Ghost hit me, and I stood in my kitchen and got drunk in the spirit. And this was way before Brother Hagin ever. I'm standing there. Just drunk in the Holy Ghost. On the phone with a lady in Tulsa. And I walked and hung the phone up, and I'm walking away. (laughs) I'm going to Tulsa. So you understand, all this is supernatural to me. So... Now, here's here's what I'm trying to tell you is that the message God gave Kenneth E. Hagin was to teach my people faith. Why? Do y'all know why? Up until that point, everyone was waiting on God to do something. You couldn't walk in a church. Even Pentecostals were coming up trying to get filled with the Holy Ghost and tarrying week after week, month after month, begging God to do something. So this sovereignty message was so strong in the body of Christ that people were even needing healing, getting the Holy Ghost, whatever they needed from God. They were just begging God and there was no sound teaching on who you are and how to receive from God. You all understanding so far where we're going. So Kenneth Hagin started up this thing and, and he starts traveling and, and all of a sudden he's traveling to churches. And, and, and almost overnight, he's known all over the world. I mean, everybody that knew him was like, what happened to you? He started in in 1975 and had a desire to have 50 students. That's it. Norval Hayes prophesied he was going to take all the world. And Brother Hayes looked at him and said, that's not true. All we're going to have is just a little group, just a little group of ministers, just a little group. And it blew up to a campus. And God took it. And now Andrew's done it. So I want to show you something right now. I want you to go with me. Uh, I was going to go to Mark 11:23 23 and 24. Let's don't do that. Let's go to Matthew 9, 18. All right, what is it? What is it that is different? What what is it that we're doing here in this church and in faith churches that's different? Now, I wished I had a whiteboard up here because I don't ever want you to think I don't believe in the sovereignty of God. I do. God is sovereign. So who decided that uh, God would make Adam and Eve? God did. He, he's sovereign. He can do what he wants to, right? So there's a lot of things that God does on his own. Now, let me give you a bunch of them. Acts chapter 1, he made a statement. Uh, Peter says, well, Peter asked him, what, you know, when are you going to restore uh, the, the kingdom? He says, that's up to God. You, you can't use your faith to bring Jesus back. Right. Amen. Did y'all know that? You can't. You can't use your faith whether you're called or not. I rebuked the spirit of pastor. And it didn't work. You know, there's things God has done in me that I didn't want it. Well, and a lot of it was a lack of knowledge. I love pastoring now and now looking back, I'm glad he did what he did. He knows me better than I know me. But in my youthful zeal, I like flying airplanes, shooting grouper and lobster and preaching the gospel, blow in, blow up, blow out and not have to mess with people. And so, you know, when you don't know anything about walking in love, people are a problem. So, so I had a problem with this pastoral thing, especially since my image of a pastor was not good. I mean, I just, I love sinners. God, Christians are a pain, but I love sinners (laughs) because they don't know no better. See, I related so much to me when I got saved I understood what it's like to be lost and know nothing. So I wanted to go all over the world and preach the gospel to lost people. And that's what I wanted to do. And he didn't cooperate with me a bit. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So that's the reason why sometimes some of y'all, it isn't God telling you to do what you're doing. It's your flesh. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you this. I started my own 501c3, Wings of Freedom Ministry, everything. I got three places to preach in one year. God didn't kiss it. Nothing happened. Nothing. They didn't even take up an offering. I bought an 8086 80, computers. Those things were 1,500 bucks. Oh, it's a glorified typewriter is all it is. And it, I bought one of those for my ministry and we never made enough money to pay the taxes on it. We just... So that's, that's how I know about the sovereignty of God. There, he has a will and you've got to find it out. Now, because of that, people have tried to take that teaching and place it on top of everything. So that prayer is, well, if God wants you healed, then you'll just be healed. Oh, God, heal me. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Cry long enough. You know, God will finally get tired of hearing you. You remember the story that the woman begged him and drove him insane. And he finally says, get her out of here. He's driving me insane. And give her what she wants. And the people preached, that's the way God is. And it's not true. So here comes a man by the name of Kenneth Hagin and said, if you want to be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and healed, you don't have to beg God. All you have to do is receive it. Amen. Like turning on a radio, Z88's broadcasting. You go, there it is. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, <laughs> Jesus is, you know. So you, you, you find z 8 you find it on the dial and it comes in. And so Kenneth Hagin started teaching faith. Well, that's not the only thing he preached. Then he started teaching faith authority over all the work of the enemy. Now, up until that time, you understand, nobody, I mean, even you walk out of our church right now, you won't hear a message on the devil. I had a man came here one time, and I won't mention where he went to church, and I preached a message on righteousness, and he got up and went to a church here at Apopka and asked that pastor what he thought of my message. It was a Pentecostal church. And the man said that that Morgan is a heretic. Oh. And so he took his wife and left. And later he called me and wanted to know if I wanted to come over and have his pastor teach me the Bible. Oh. Because there's none righteous, no, not one. Oh. Now, we're, now we're talking, of, now, the whole book of Romans How would you make it through Bible school without ever reading the book of Romans? And that's just like to me, like you could have had a V8. (laughs) (laughs) So Kenneth Hagin started preaching that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, that we have authority over all the work of the enemy. And you remember when Andrew Womack was a good Baptist boy and he got a hold of this same message. And, and it turned his life around. TL turned him around. And everybody that's ever done anything for God got a hold of what we call the faith message. Right. Reinhard Bonkey, same thing. Yeah. All, everybody that's doing anything follows this teaching. Yeah. The rest of them aren't doing a whole lot of anything because yeah. they're sitting around waiting on God. Yeah. Now, that is the reason why. Now, let me make a statement here because I'm going to... When we have prayer meetings... Yeah. In, in There's many charismatic churches that they're in the room trying to holler at God and talk him into moving. And they come here and think we're doing it and they leave. We're not doing that. We're working with God. But what happens is, is because the bad ones holler, they think the answer is pray quietly. That's stupid too. I don't, just don't get me going. That's why I want to go to some of the big dogs on TV and sit them down and just spank them. But what do I know from a puka? <laughs> I wished I could tell you. All right, Matthew, let's do this. Let's do this because I want you to see this. Matthew nine eighteen. Let's go down this because I'm, I'm not going to be able to get through every bit of this tonight, but I am going to start. 9, seven, nine 18. While he spoke these things, a ruler came and worshiped and said, My daughter just died. But come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. And a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, came behind and touched the hem of the garment. For she said, if I may touch his garment, I'll be made well. And Jesus turned around and said to her, Daughter, my mighty faith and power has made you well. No. 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 <laughs> Somebody help me. What does it say? Your now, hold on. He didn't even know she was there. No. Yeah. All right, now I'm going I'm to say something slowly. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Salvation belongs to everyone. Yes. I'm gonna say this as slow as I can. Don't don't miss it. The worst sinner out there, salvation belongs to them. Yes. But unless they mix faith with it, yes. it will do them no good. All right, to get it. I'm gonna jump ahead, Justin. Go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I want to read this now. We're gonna come back to the scripture. This is the this is. This is the teaching that the Pentecostals have trouble with us, quote-unquote, faith preachers. And we're right. That sounds arrogant. By grace, unmerited favor, you have been sozoed, S-O-Z-O. What is the Greek word for heal? Sozo. what's the Greek word for deliverance? So, so. so, it's an all-encompassing, complete salvation. So you've been, for by unmerited favor, you have been saved, healed, grace delivered through what? Faith. Faith. Not of yourselves, it is talking about your faith, not the grace. The, the faith came with the knowledge of the word. So unless you mix faith with it, you don't ever get it, even though it yours. Yeah. All right, now let's come back to healing. No, that's too deep. Let's talk about the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So for years, Pentecostals would get up, get up in the altar. Oh, God, fill me with the Spirit. Oh, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. People slap them on the back, let go, and they'd grab them, turn loose, and hold on, and spit more, and sling more snot, whatever you got to do, we're going to talk God in the notion of filling you with the spirit. And this would go on for sometimes weeks and months. And for some people, years trying to talk God in the notion of filling with Holy Ghost, but you're, you're filled. It's a gift through what faith. How do you know God will do it? Because it's given to you in redemption. If you do not understand that little, if he, if he didn't say you are, Daryl, you're the pastor word of life and redemption, there is no scripture for me to use my faith for that, nor you. You can't use your faith for what you're called to, who you're going to marry, where you're going to live. You need to get an altar and spend time with God until he talks to you. But when it comes to what was given to you at the cross, it's already yours and you receive it by faith and all you're doing is turning the dial and going, that's mine. Amen. Now, I'm going to say something right now and it's, going to, it's just going to mess all of y'all faith and word people up and it's going to blow your heads up and it's okay. Nobody ever says, I'm standing on the word for my salvation. Have you ever heard, you ever been, you ever, have you ever heard anybody say it? Why not? Because they are. When's the last time you heard someone, I'm standing for the Holy Ghost? Why do y'all say, I'm standing for my healing? You know why? You don't even know what faith is. You heard someone say it and you're just like a parrot. If he says you are, you are. Don't, don't ask your body whether the Bible's true. Get in faith and let God do his job and just rejoice and quit trying to make something happen. Amen. And if it isn't working, the only thing he told you is if you're ticked at somebody, straighten it out before you get healed. Amen. Uh, boy. Now, I, I could go down that road f- for hours, but it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Now, let me give you another scripture. Fight. The good fight of faith. Why? Because there's a devil who's going to come to you the minute you say it's mine and go, well, you funny looking thing, who do you think you are? And it's all because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. And the more you'd worship Jesus, the faster you'd get your manifestation. That's why people like Mark Haynes run around trying to get you to jump and run in aisles and yes. shout and holler and just start worshiping God and get you in faith. Yes. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. Are y'all okay so far? All right. Having said that, these are gifts that are yours. The gifts of the Spirit are yours. Yes. I'm going to tell y'all a story. It's embarrassing. Because I'm going to tell them how dumb I am. I had a time in my life that the gifts weren't working as prominently as they should. Or as they used to. And I did the same thing I told y'all not to do. Because walking by faith is, you've got to, you've got to, the only way you can walk by faith is with the Bible open. All right, so I went to God and said, what happened to the gifts of the Spirit? And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You know what happened? Nothing. And it really frustrated me. I said, God, what happened? What happened? What happened? So Lisa and I take our motorcycle and we go up to Blowing Rock and we're up there with Lynn Mink and all the guys. And so we're, 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 sitting around our bikes and they're having a prayer meeting before we go and ride in the morning and Lynn Mink gives out a tongue. And I'm standing there listening and he said, Pastor Morgan, you have the interpretation. And, I, and I'm going, I do not. <laughs> and it, and it, and it kind of it it made me mad. I got something to go And so I just went, and it came out. Amen. I was more shocked than they were. <laughs> but, now don't, don't, don't criticize me. Lynn got lucky. <laughs> Y'all know there's no such thing as luck. Y'all know that. Yep. But that, that afternoon, we, we came in after the ride, and we were all up in the restaurant, and Lynn Stands up and gives out a tongue, and then he says, "Morgan, you got it again." And I'm going, "I don't, God, I don't, it, but I and, I, and it came out." He did that to me three times, and the Lord said to me, "I'm waiting on you." I went. I preach that. (laughs) Have y'all ever known something and then you're not walking in it in the, you know it in this area, but you're not applying it over there. Like, duh. And the Lord said, you've been asking me to give you what's already yours. And he forced me into a situation to be used to, op- to act in faith. This is pretty good. I- I'm doing a better. All right. <laughs> Matthew 9:29. Let's go over there. Let's go to 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying and said, Son of David, have mercy on us. When he came into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you what? Believe, Believe I'm able to do this. They said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes and said, according to what? Your faith. Your faith. Yeah. Did their faith have anything to do with it? Yes. 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 Now, listen to me very carefully, and I'm not picking on anybody. All of your Catholic friends that are waiting on God... All of your Baptist friends and all your Assembly of God friends that are sitting around waiting on God, God loves them. They're good people. They're not in victory because they're not using their faith. Kenneth Hagin, the Lord said to Kenneth Hagin, go teach my people, go teach them how to walk by faith. Do you all see this? So the devil comes along and says, you don't want to be a part of that cult. There's always going to badmouth somebody. But how are you going to take something away after it's worked for you? You can't do that. You can't come along and tell me this doesn't work because I I can tell you hundreds and hundreds of stories that I've used in my faith and and it works. Don't tell me it don't work. It works. It works all the time. So I'm saying that because this this is a prominent Bible doctrine that if you want to walk in what belongs to you, if you have any intentions of victory, you're going to use your faith in the finished work of Jesus or you're not going to get it. And one of the ways the devil's going to beat on you is you are no good, sorry, good for nothing, so-and-so. And the reason for it is you're not rooted in righteousness and you're looking at how sorry you are when you didn't do that when you got saved, you were sorry. Anybody in here living good when you got... How many of y'all were tithing when you got saved? You were tithing. All of y'all were a bunch of dogs. And you got saved and you weren't worth a dime. And then you get saved and now you start trying to measure up. And you can't even get healed because you're such a sorry dog. But if you would just take communion and go, it's just the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. Oh, it's the blood of Jesus And get excited about what Jesus did, you would get in faith. Glory to God. God. Amen. Somebody, come on, do y'all see this? Now, you should live right for conscience sake, but don't, you're never going to get to where you earn anything that was given to you at Calvary. So get in here and rejoice and shout and have a good time with Jesus and get happy about it. And and the way we know you're in faith is faith always manifests in joy. No joy, there's no faith. If you're, if you're, there's no faith. (laughs) Now, I, I have a dream. I want to meet Trump and I want him to say, You go buy what you want. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to look like when he does that. Not, no, 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 I ain't going to look like that. I'm going to have a Holy Ghost fit in the White House. I'm going to, yeah! No, I'm, you know. Now, what is it? So how are you going to act if you really believe the Bible? You'd be excited. The faith message should actually make you happy. <laughs> okay. Oh, right, I, I got some more. I'm a, what, I need to, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read enough of these for you to go, I mean, Billy Bob, that's in the Bible. <laughs> go to Matthew 14 22. Just, I mean, if I just picked out one or two, you could say, nah, you could pull two scriptures out of the Bible. We're not buying that. But we're going to go through a few of them. 1422. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go to the other side. He sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain to pray. Now, an evening to come, he was all by himself. The boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. On the fourth watch of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Oh, my God, it's a ghost. And Jesus spoke and said, oh, it's be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. Stop crying. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you. What else is he going to say? It's him. <laughs> Bid me come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, well, it's me, so come. <laughs> and when Peter came down out of the boat, he walked on the water. He did, didn't he? He did. He walked on the water. And when he saw the wind was boisterous, and you saw the doctor's report, you saw, you heard, oh, I thought I got it, oh, I had a pain. All right. And he was afraid and he began to sink. Now let me tell you something about I want you all to do something. I want you to try this. I want you to go home. I want you to get you on your swimming pool. I want you to get a chair, stand up on your and begin to sink. Come on. <laughs> try it. I did. I tried it once. I actually got my swimming pool one day and, and used my faith to walk on the water. It didn't work. <laughs> I sank. So I'm not there yet. But then again, he didn't tell me to come out on the swimming pool either, so. I try anything once, you know, I just try everything. And he began to sink. Lord save me, and immediately Jesus caught his hand and said, that was pretty good, Peter. I mean, at least you got out of the boat. Everybody give everybody a hug. Come on, everybody give a hug. We're going to have some hugs in the boat. We're going to have some hugs. That's what I think he should have said. But he gets on to him, doesn't he? Look at what he says to him. Oh, you have little what? Something happened to Peter. This wasn't God. Why did you doubt? Why is he on to Peter? Because there's going to come a day when he's going to need his faith to live. This ain't a game, guys. Now I'm going to make a statement to y'all. And I want y'all to listen to me. I love every one of y'all, but there's people walking these doors and they're just content to be just a good Christian and they never use their faith. And when you hit the wall, you will go under. Do you understand me? You play your game long enough. It's going to hit you one day. Now I'm going to tell you this. I've been in so many fights I think my armor looks like it's had the hell beat out of it. Mm-hmm. Amen. I have been in some fights. Mm-hmm. I've had the devil try to kill me twice, kill Lisa, destroy our home, destroy this church, destroy family members. I mean, the stuff that comes at us mm-hmm. means you really need to learn to walk by faith and not by yes. sight. This is, you, this is a fight. It is. And and you need to get serious about this. Yes. So having said that, Peter's Jesus gets on to Peter. And he says, Why did you doubt? So that means that his doubt is the reason he sank. Now Lisa and I have a friend, we won't mention their name, his name. He prayed for his mother who was dying of cancer, and she died. He went home and took all his Kenneth Hagin cassettes and threw them in the garbage. And mad at God, and he's still mad at God. Now, I'm going to make a statement to y'all. We're going to get into the, uh, do I have the time for this? We do. Romans 3, 4. Go to Romans 3, 4. Don't ever come up to me and say, I know someone. I'm going to say it real strong. I don't give a rip who you know. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever tell me I knew someone who believed God and they died. Mm -hmm. No, you do not. Mm -hmm. That might be hard. I didn't say they weren't sweet. And I didn't say they didn't have faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But don't you ever insinuate that God failed. Amen. 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 If I die early, it's me. It ain't God. Don't walk walk out of this church and go, he preached the word. Where was God? I know Pastor Morgan believed the Bible. Oh, no, that stuff don't work. It works, baby. If everybody dies, it works. You got to get off of this blaming God. Let me read this. Certainly not if let God be true and every man a liar. I don't care. Everybody's a liar, but God ain't no liar. Amen. Don't you come in here and tell me I got an aunt. She didn't love the Lord. She, if anybody had faith, it was Aunt Lulu. And don't tell me Aunt Lulu didn't have no faith. She had faith in God. She had faith in God and she died. Aunt Lulu's a liar. I mean, mean, you have to just say it because, I mean, I don't know what she was believing. I don't know what the devil was beating on her for. Folks, don't look at me and tell me your faith's always working. Mine ain't. Everybody in here, y'all are always in faith. You're always on top of it every day. No, you ain't. That's the reason why I'm still listening to the same messages 45 years later I started with 45 years ago. I got a CD in my truck, cast all your cares on the Lord. By Kenneth Hagin, why? I got to listen to it this week. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one in here or are I going nuts? <laughs> Faith doesn't come by having heard. comes by hearing it over and over and over again. (laughs) All right, now let's go back up here. I don't know, how did I get off on all that? Boy, I mean, I'm just... But see, you hear these people and I get so tired of hearing. So I went to a church and they told me I didn't have any faith. You don't. If you went to a church and don't preach on healing, how could you have faith in healing? You you never heard it. Amen. Nobody said you didn't love Jesus, but if you've been in a church where they preach it against healing, you don't have any faith in healing. You don't even, you, there's no way to have faith in healing when you're in a church preaching against it. Yes. You got to get in a church where they preach it so you can get some faith. Amen. That's not, a, I'm not talking about you not being, well, you, you hurt my feelings. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just telling you that if you want to get healed, stay here. They, they left. Went back to the old dead church. Wow. Died sick. All right. I'll be in better mood next week. (laughs) This stuff has saved my life. This message, this has saved my life. When nothing's work, I pick up my Bible. If God is for me, who could be against me? I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. This is the victory that overcomes the world, my faith. And it don't look like it. It don't feel like it. And it feels like I'm crazy, and I just get in faith, and I pretend like the Bible's true. And I don't know how it does it, but it always works. (laughs) And I feel sorry for anybody that don't know this because I'm having a hard time and I know it. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Man, I got four minutes and 27 seconds. We're back in Matthew, weren't we? Let's go to Matthew 15, 21. Turn the page. Let's see if there's any more in here. Maybe I, we found three, but you know, that we, this might be just some this little cult. <laughs> Verse 27 says, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs of felt." this is the woman the, 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 the Syrophoenician woman. She don't, even have a, she don't even have a covenant. Even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, Woman, great is your what? Faith. 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 He, he said, You just got your prayers answered because you have great faith. Yeah. Do, now listen, do, do you think faith has something to do with it? Yeah. Absolutely. So you, we're talking about you getting your prayers answered. If you don't understand this, a, a, a lady came to Mack one time and, 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 no, a man, a man came and, and he was mad. Now, when you have someone die, it's, it's a big deal. I'm, I'm not making light of family members die. I'm not making light at all. And don't y'all either. Someone dies. Don't you, don't you start being a Pharisee? No, right. When well, any faith you, you hush, that's, it's tough Period. Now, this man came to Mac. He was upset. He says, my wife died of cancer, and I want to know why. Mac Hamlin looked at him with all the kindness. He says, do you ever hear her talking to the cancer? He said, no. He said, well, now you know. Don't shut me down. And let me tell you something about pain. It is very difficult to walk in faith when you hurt like H. <laughs> the hospital is the most difficult place in the world to use your faith. Because everything in there says you're dying. They got tubes everywhere. and You better develop it before you go. Where's that book on Mark 11:20, pastor? I'm going, you're too late. What, tell me about your coffin. What do you want us to put you in? <laughs> I'm talking about there's nothing wrong, but this, this message is developed. The faith message you develop. You, you, do not, you do not weigh 300 pounds and you can't walk to the mailbox and, join, and get in a marathon. You're not going to make it. So I'm not trying to be ugly. But this is a different way to live. This is a lifestyle. And you have to choose this. Before the problem, you can't just get in a problem and go, uh, that scripture, where is that? Don't, that don't work. Okay. All right. Well, these people weren't saved. I got healed instantly when I was a sinner, but I've matured. God don't do the same thing with me right now at 66 that he did when I was 22 in a, in a, in a heathen. All right. Let's look at 1714, then got to close. we're going to go to one more. 1714, then we're, I think we're going to. I have to stop someplace because the clock says so. 1724. Oh, I think this is it. No, 1714. When he came to the multitude, a man came to him and knelt down and says, Lord, have mercy on my epileptic son. His, they, you know, the devil throws him into fire, and I brought him to your the disciples. They couldn't cure him. And Jesus said, "Well, you never know what God will do. <laughs> sometimes He says yes, and sometimes He says no. Isn't that funny? That that's not anywhere in the Bible. Faithless, perverse generation. That is not. He's, he is definitely not being very nice. How long am I going to be here with you? Bring him here to me." Jesus rebuked the demon, came out of him, the child was cured. The disciples came and says, "How come we couldn't get it out?" And he said, "Because of your what? Amen. Unbelief. Amen. Unbelief is curable." Unbelief comes lack of knowledge or God can't persuade you to act. That's, good. That's, That's good. all it is. That's, right. That's why I said, if you can't be persuaded to tithe, don't even try to walk in hell. Mm-hmm. That's sure. good Do you understand that? Yes, sir. Because, you, because if, if you can't pass finger pr- painting, right. don't even go to algebra. Right. <laughs> oh boy! I don't know. Nice. All right, I got one more scripture and then I'm going to close. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Now, remember that faith is now. Now faith is. Not someday. It's always now. If it's not now, it isn't faith. You've heard this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. But everybody wants to hook hope with it and hope it works. It don't. Now, I'm going to say something to y'all, and I'm hoping this will help you. I've had times when it took me weeks to get in faith. Don't shout me down. I'm telling you about my stupid's, not yours. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to get a report from the doctor and, and the Bible. Get you? Oh yeah, Amen, brother. I mean, it's like that ain't right. It takes a while, and you gotta pray, and the Holy Spirit will start helping you by giving you scriptures and by meditating on them. After a while, the scriptures are more real to you than what you heard, and that's how faith comes by hearing. And you gotta. And so the, the way the way to faith is a, is fellowshipping with God. You can't. You can't. Be out of fellowship with God and walk by faith. That's right. That's true. I didn't say you couldn't be saved. Numbers. This is why we have faith failures. You know my my aunt Gertrude. Numbers thirteen. I'm just going to read this real quick. Um, thirteen twenty six. They returned from spying out the land. They came in and said, "You wouldn't believe how awesome this place is." And it says the Amalekites dwell on the land down by the high tides. The Jebusites, the termites are down there too. <laughs> The Amorites are in the mountains, Canaanites down by the sea, down by the pit. But Caleb quieted the people and said, let's go up at once, possess it. And the men said, we're not able. They're stronger than we are. That was a true statement. They are stronger. But what happened was God said, I've given it to you. Once you get your eyes off of the word, there's no faith. That's why Peter sank. And so understand this. If you're going to come to a church like this and you're going to hear the faith message, understand it is a lifestyle. Yes. 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 Now, for instance, um, we got Zach goes to the gym. Justin goes to the gym. Um, uh, what's his name, Justin? Isaac. Isaac goes to the gym. And, and, and I do, too. Why are y'all laughing? I weigh the same as Zach. I went last month. How many of y'all can tell it's working? I'm telling y'all right now, this is a mean church. But it's not the same, is it? I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> but do you get the point? Yes. Okay, it's a lifestyle with Zach. It's a lifestyle with Justin. They would they would backslide before they would not go to the gym. They're going to the gym now. When a when a Christian gets as committed to God as these guys are to their their hobbies, your days of victory have arrived. Do you understand that? Now, now if it don't happen and you occasionally, yeah, I read that book once and you know, nobody's going to say anything to you, but you come in here and say, I'm believing God. We're all (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) go. Yeah, we can see that. (laughs) And we're not trying to be mean, but we're trying to get you to the place and God will have mercy on you. I've had times when I just went Mercy. Mercy. I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. All right. Does this help you? This, now I did this. This is, this is not all that we believe. This is probably one of the things that separated this me because, because when I got saved, the thing that, that caused me to do this for a living, this is why I do this. I was upset that I'm 22 years of age and nobody's ever told me this stuff. I'm, I'm like, I'm finding in my Bible that, that I'm redeemed. I'm finding out that I've been made righteous. I'm finding out that this was for me all these years and no one told me. And it, it created a massive passion in me that I can't do anything but this. I eat, drink, and sleep. And the more ignorant people are, the happier I am. I'm like, ha. So that's when y'all come in here late, I'm looking around going, I'll I'll find another church. You come in here hungry or I don't don't even want to see you. Are y'all out there? I mean, just the way I'm wired. I can go to Russia and preach to 500 people. They'll all get healed because they're so hungry for God. And Americans, we got our money on our 401k. You know, we might be there. Do you all see this? Okay. Well, that's what we believe. That's along with the other things that I mentioned. Amen? Does this, does this help you all? Because people are coming to me and going, well, I go to World Life Church. Pastor, what do we believe? So here's how you answer that. My pastor says our doctrine's is simple. The de- God is good. The devil's bad. That's what we believe. Amen. If it's bad, the devil did it. If it's good, if it's good, if it's good God did it. And that's what, that's our, that's what we believe. And then what's our mission statement? I grow Christians. Yes, I so. You could write it on a t-shirt. I mean, you can't forget that. I mean, don't ever forget it, as longest day you live. What do they do now? They grow, they grow Christians, it's a popka. I mean, some people grow plants, some people grow flowers, they grow Christians. Come right. here every week and I water you and fertilize you and well, <laughs> take the weeds and snatch a couple weeds out of your head. And <laughs> not, not. <laughs> you. Amen. 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 You ready to pray? Father God, everything I said tonight that wasn't you, erase it from their head. Everything I said that was from you, burn it in their brain. And I thank you for the opportunity to to sit in a church full of people who love you and love the Word of God. And I pray that that they heard the Word and understood tonight the the power of who we are and what has been given to us and this message that we have to preach and to appreciate what they have. And Father God, I thank you that everybody in this church, if their faith isn't working or they're not there, I pray that they learn tonight how to get their Bible out and get it to start working. And Father God, we give you glory and honor for all that's done here in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Darrell Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.